Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to another evening of Bible study. As I previously mentioned, um, we are in the book of Titus, Amen. and we are in the last chapter, Titus chapter 3. And so I pray that uh, as we go through the lesson, we will continue to be edified and God's name to be glorified as we learn how to live as saints in our, our setting. We'll be talking about that a little bit more this evening. So again, we're studying from Titus chapter three. Uh, let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this night. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we pray that uh, your word will continue to be hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you, that we'll use your word as a tool to bring you glory, yeah. Father, that we will stand on your word. And so, Lord, we thank you that uh, whatever, however you speak and minister to our heart, we receive it with gladness through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So Titus chapter three, we're going to read it in its entirety. Um, and I'm going to ask my wife uh, if you would read Titus chapter 3. Yes. Titus chapter 3. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to men, to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about, about the law for they are unprofitable and useless. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. When I send Artemis to you or Tychicus can be diligent, be diligent to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Send Zenus the lawyer and Apollos on their journey with haste that they may lack nothing. And let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. All who are with me greet you, greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all, amen. And amen. Amen. Thank God for his word. Um, there's a lot to uh, cover tonight in this chapter. Um, what, and I just want to repeat something that uh, has been a theme throughout uh, the letter uh, to Titus. And that is one, and we'll see it tonight, doing what is good. Doing what is good. So you will hear that uh, repeated a few times, even in this chapter. Uh, one of the other things that has been uh, repeated earlier, um, mainly in chapter two, but also chapter one, um, and that is self-control, that the believers would uh, have self-control. 
And uh, I had a, a chance to uh, apply that this week, uh, self-control. Uh, we had some delicious cheesecake. <laughs> it was so good. And I wanted to go back for that second slice. It was a Wegmans cheesecake. But guess what? I had some what? Self-control. <laughs> Self-control. Self I didn't want to, but I, that, that, that word just came back, self-control. So it even has to do with uh, our eating habits. Uh, but here they were really talking about uh, how they're conducting themselves in the society. And so, uh, and that is a really a big deal in uh, chapter three. So can you, uh, somebody read verse one and two? Yeah, read verse one, verses one and two again, please. Anybody? Put them in mind, be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates and ready to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. All Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So he's putting them in, asking them to remind them or the people um, how to conduct themselves in their cultural setting. And so what this is, uh, I just let me go back for just a moment. Remember, uh, Paul had instructed Titus to what he was to say to various groups and to uh, everyone in terms of how they were to conduct their life. And now, now it's going to be played out in society. How do you and how do you, Titus, or instruct the people of God how to live out your faith in society? Because it's, we're not in a separate enclave. We are in the world, but what? Not yeah, of the world. Of the world. Yeah. So we are in the world. We are engaged in the world. So uh, I want you to remind them uh, how they were to, are to conduct themselves um, in society. So we can almost say that this is about, part of this is about responsible citizenship so responsible citizenship and how does it begin how do we manifest uh this responsible uh, citizenship in in society what does he first start off to do what does he say to them to what is technically and gently okay so first be subject to rulers and authorities Authority. or magistrates, principalities. Mm -hmm. Be subject to rulers and authorities. So this is kind of an interesting one mm -hmm. because what does this, how do we live this out? And we have to, part of it has to put on what I'll call a, uh, an American mindset, because he, he's talking to them in that culture. But for us, what does this mean for us? Because, in all honesty, these and a few other scriptures were used to kind of, not kind of, to hold, especially African-American slaves, in bondage. Can I get a witness? Amen. Yes. Amen. So Amen. When, it talks, when it talks about be subject to rulers and authorities. Yes. How do we apply this? And, you know, most of, if not all, listening are uh, of African-American culture. We have studied the history, been exposed. And so what does it mean to live out responsible citizenship and what does it mean to be subject to rulers and authorities and that that word that sometimes just drives us 
and to be obedient. That's that's the word that sometimes just kind of uh, what does that what does that mean um, to be obedient? So this first couple of verses, in particular, chapter one. I mean, sorry, verse one. Let's talk about that for a moment. What does it mean to live out our faith in society, respecting authority, respecting and being obedient? What impact does that have on us? And I'll say first as American citizens, but also as believers who are American citizens. Well, to me, uh, a key word here, Pastor, is to accept lawful authority. Uh, okay. You think about, you know, police brutality and uh, racial profiling and slaveholders who were not, um, well, it, they created their own laws to make it just for them to do what they did, but it was wrong. So that creates a problem. Uh, you are to be. Well, well, don't, don't go. Wait, don't go too fast. <laughs> don't. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Don't go too fast because you use an expression in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Lawful authority. So. Whether you believe it or not, the Constitution was not necessarily written with us in mind. And I say us meaning African-Americans. So there were times when we did not have certain rights. Amen? Amen. Amen. So are we saying, therefore, that we don't recognize the Constitution as lawful authority, given what it says? I, you know what? I'm just causing trouble. I just want us to really think. I want us to really think through what it means to be a believer, how do we apply the word of God when we come to challenging situations? Because there are, are many other things now that are coming up for legislation that are dis discussed. How, what, is, what is it that we have to work through and how do we live through this in our society as responsible citizens? Um, Pastor, one thing that you had mentioned primarily when we started was about the cheesecake. <laughs> okay. We must we must show self control in most in, in all instances as far as Christian our Christian walk is concerned. True. We must be obedient, not necessarily as as more made a whipping post of any kind, but be obedient and kind and reverent in all uh, situations that deals with people in authority over you. Now, I had a problem a long time ago with doing that because I feel like it was like this, right is right and wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. you know, what I considered right wasn't all right. But then too, we have to look at ourselves. You know, and one thing that we had um, back in the day was a band that we wore around our wrist. And we asked a question, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Jesus would have took the beating because he took our sins to the cross. Uh, I don't want to go too much further than that uh, because somebody might have something to say about that. And, and I don't want to go too far ahead. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, that's a perspective. And I want us to really think it through because I not only believe, I know and I'm confident that this word of God is applicable to our lives living in the present society. Yeah. So how do we, especially again, I'll bring up that word obedient because that was used to subjugate. Is that what, is that what it means for we as believers living out our faith in an oppressive system is that, is that our only, is that, I mean, what does that mean? And I'm not, I'm not. This also speaks to uh, us being obedient by going to the polls and voting. Okay. All right. All right. That's one so, way to be, you know, good Christians, um, citizens is by letting our voice be heard in the polls. 
Amen. Yes. Okay. So voting is a, a way of uh, being obedient to those that are in authority and using the tools that have been given to us to be able to uh, have a voice and have an impact. Okay, what else? I, I just want to say one thing, Pastor. Go ahead. Uh, about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I first became a deacon up in New Jersey, I read this book called Spiritual Authority. So all, all authority is given by God. So we should have uh, uh, take God's word. That's delegated authority to his leadership. So a lot of times people are in leadership, if we uh, balk against them, we are balking against God because all authority has been put by God. That's why David said, you know, catch not that you anointed when he went to Saul. You know, he understood that. And, and to add to that, our, our, our first allegiance is to Jesus Christ and being a Christian. We are first, we owe Christ everything. Amen. So everything lines up behind our allegiance to him. Also, it says, render what's due Caesar and render what's due God. So that's authority thing right there. Okay. I do like the way the message uh, version has these two verses read. And I, before I read those two verses, I just, I'm thinking when I, when I read obedient and subject, I may not always agree with um, how authorities are conducting themselves. I, I, I don't expect to always agree on policy um, that they are or that they are putting forth. But I, in the message version, it says, remind the people to respect the government and be law abiding, always ready to lend a helping hand. Um, I, I, I can understand that. Re we, we have an obligation to respect the government and to be law-abiding citizens. So how do we live out our faith? We vote, we are law-abiding citizens, we are respectful, even when those in authority don't seem to understand or care. Amen. I agree, and we also pay our taxes. We okay. do the responsible thing um, as law-abiding citizens, even though we might not agree. And a very res well-respected uh, um, politician said to us, when you see something, say something. <laughs> so there is a possibility of our bringing about positive change, especially when we know that something is wrong. I think that's our responsibility too. Not just go along to get along, <laughs> but be respectful and to... Um, speak up when we believe something is unjust or or disrespectful to us but do it in a respectful way so that we live to talk about it another day <laughs> I agree. Uh, uh, pastor go ahead the second verse said that we are not to be brawlers but gentle and showing meekness toward all men so when we talk about being respectful and how to act and conduct ourselves, the second verse lead us to that. But we got to remember what Jesus said to the people in that day, render unto Caesar what is Caesar and unto God what, what is God. And see, we have to be very careful about being obedient to authority because the authority is given to them by the God, but they do not always exhibit the qualities that of authority that God wants them to have. Because you have to remember that during the days of the Roman Empire, they pro prosecuted and killed Christians. The authority killed those Christians. The authorities sent them to the lions then. So, but because they did because they did that, does not mean that what they did was wrong, but they willingly subjected themselves to the authority and still was killed by gladiators and lions. And they did not agree with the authorities of the Roman Empire. So we have to be conscious and cognizant of that because uh, if we don't, we will think that everything that authorities did were right and we will fall and submit to all authority 
without questioning it and willingly bend to everything that they do. But God is first and foremost, and we are first and foremost uh, committed, and we are first and foremost uh, promised to God. So that's what we have to keep in mind. Above any authority, above any principalities, is the Lord God, Jesus Christ. In, in Acts chapter 4, when uh, they were the disciples or the apostles uh, were told to stop preaching in Jesus' name, and they continued, their response was, we ought to obey God rather than man. And so at what point do we, uh, and I don't want to go skip over what uh Deborah had mentioned before about what's the whole issue of just laws versus unjust laws. It's really a significant issue. And some of the things that were already mentioned was, especially as, and that's why I keep saying American, because we do have the right to protest. We have the right to, for representation. Um, that is still being subject and respectful to the laws of, of the land so we have we can exercise and and use our opportunities as American citizens to engage in our cultural context doing it respectfully but also just as Moses did when Moses went before Pharaoh <laughs> to let my people go so there are times you and get where we engage uh, with leadership to intercede for those that do not have a voice. And so that's still being respectful. Anything else there? And the reason why I wanted to stop there is because uh, Paul was talking to Titus on how the people of God were to conduct themselves in their cultural context. And sometimes we separate out um, political versus religious or Christian but we are in the cultural context as believers. And so how do we, how does this, how do we uh, walk this out and, and live this out? Uh, because uh, as Americans, we do have certain opportunities, but there are other Christians in other lands that do not have these rights and opportunities. And so um, the next is how does, what does this look like in, as a Christian in Myanmar? What does this look like for a Christian in other places? And I don't have a good answer to that, um, but that's part of the, the challenge that it's not just our American context. We have to think bigger picture globally because the word of God is universal, universal application. So what does this mean in the American context? Or what does this also mean in other societies where they don't have a constitution where it may be a totalitarian regime. How does how does that how do we live? How does faith get lived out in those particular societies if we are believers um, in various cultures? So, anything else? I would say most in most situations uh, in foreign countries, as Christianity is concerned, a lot of people do it undercover to avoid being uh, killed or, or maimed or anything of that nature, but they still stand up for righteousness. Um, a dead man can set an example if he stands up for Christ and Christ says in the words, if you die for my sake, then you know you have everlasting life. Well, there's some of them who we have, a, of us have a fear of dying. Not saying I, but some other people have a fear of dying. And they, they I've been told by several different other Christians, a dead man can't speak for Christ. Hmm. Okay. You know. So we wrestle through. We wrestle through it. Yeah. We wrestle through because God's word is applicable and I don't have a cookie cookie cutter response, but mm -hmm. the word of God should engage us in such a way and inform us as if we are going to engage in whether it's civic protests, 
Now, are we doing this um, using the, the tools that are giving us as, again, I'm again, going to as American citizens to engage. And so there are opportunities that we do not have to sit quietly. Uh, so that is not what is meant by being obedient and not having an impact. It means being obedient by, as I think it was uh, Deacon Teasley mentioned, by engaging and using uh, the tools that we do have. Verse two, we're just really at verse two. What is, read verse two again. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. So one of the ways that we can live, live, out, live out our faith in society is to treat others with dignity and respect. Yes. Treat others with dignity and, and respect. And, and, and it's important to hear that those words that are used in verse two, uh, he uses the word all a couple of times. So he's not just, not merely talking about those who are believers, but how do we treat everyone with a sense of dignity and respect? What are the things that we are saying? Speak evil of no, no, man. Man. no one. No one. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do. And this, again, I don't want to only talk about the politics, but that's kind of the where we are. And, and that is, it, it is very easy to speak evil of whether you're Republican against the Democrats or Democrats against the Republicans and speak harshly. So does it apply in that particular case to speak evil or don't slander anyone when there is a person in political power that we may disagree with? Right. Does it apply in that case? Yes. Or is it? Yes. yes. Oh, it does. Yes. 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 Okay. And Pastor, I see a difference between uh, speaking evil or even bashing a person, as opposed to the behaviors. There, uh, there's okay. a, a great difference. We know we have no right to condemn or to curse or to do all. The, if we follow the word, there's no guarantee that there won't be any negative repercussions to us, but we have to be ready to receive those things and strong enough to stand on the word. We can justify um, speaking up, speaking out, but not necessarily putting other people down while we're doing it. It's hard to separate the two. You know, I can say, I love you, but I don't like you. I don't like <laughs> what you do and mean it. Hell yeah. Um, and, and, you know, don't back away from that yeah. because if it's not of God, we're not supposed to like it or love it. The Bible so says also, yeah, there's a difference. It also says it's all right to get angry, but do not sin. Yeah. So I, I agree with what Sister Brown said. <laughs> I think also it's, I, I go back to Dr. King. He bucked, he bucked the system but he did not sin. He was nonviolent the way he protested. And the same way Jesus, he, you know, he was a rebel also, but he didn't break. So, I mean, that's, there's confines on how you do things. Now, when we do this, does God get the glory? I, I think when we do things like this, the other people are looking, that's not Christian. So that's the way Christians act. So we, we exhibit the Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ out there. Yes. Living up. Go ahead. I was going to say that's a good point too, Brother Tyrone, because I was thinking of Dr. King and the most effective, many of the most effective civil rights leaders mm -hmm. who practiced <laughs> passive resistance yes. and were able to be effective without being um, 
brutal aggressive yeah. and they also brought about change okay. but they i do truly believe that many of them that were ministers put christ first mm -hmm. and they were standing on his word listen to the speeches that dr king gave there is no way i'll ever be convinced that he did not put christ first amen 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 i'll just reread uh <laughs> a letter from a Birmingham jail, and uh, it, it speaks a lot to that particular issue as well. But you know, we don't want to get caught up, as it says there in verse two, slander no one. And that means maybe not not many of you may go on, on Twitter or other things to, to slander, but we just have to be careful how we conduct ourselves. Peaceable, peaceable and considerate. How do we demonstrate the love of Christ to all people and always to be gentle towards who? Everyone. Uh, with humility, compassion, sensitivity. And and I, I wrote down for my own note, there but by the grace of God, Amen. go I. And so we have to uh, be able to have that compassion for others because it, it could have been us, but God spared us. And so that's how we that's how we can begin to live out our our Christianity, our faith in our society mm -hmm. as responsible Christians slash citizens and uh, how we conduct ourselves. Verse three. Anything else in those first two verses? Verse three. Can you somebody read verse three again, please? At one time, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passion and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Okay, let's stop right there. How would you paraphrase? How would you categ or categorize verse 3? How would you read? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I categorize. You said it could have been us. That that was us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what else? That was us. Verse three. Talking about the the old nature. Mm -hmm. That was us before salvation. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, and for, for my own note, I just said it's verse three. Basically, he is reminding us that we were dirty, rotten, disobedient, scoundrels. Yes, we were dirty. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory, glory of God. God. Amen. There was no one righteous, no, no not, not, one. not one. So he's reminded that's what we used to be. So, and this is a what I'll call the antithesis of what verse one and two is talking about. As responsible citizens, if you are living like this, you're not bringing glory to God. Amen. And as, as believers, this old nature is not going to. Uh, allow us to be salt and light in the world. All we're doing is bringing poison and chaos. Mm -hmm. So if, if you if we stay in this state, that's what we used to be. And it's an, an indictment against uh, the old nature. But it also, again, looking at it from a societal thing, is this is the kind of behavior that was accepted and Crete, remember early on he said, even one of your own poets says, Cretans are liars. So mm -hmm. this is the kind of behavior. You don't act like this because this does not represent God. Then there's a transition. What happens in verse four? Mm. Verse four is a big transition. But when the kindness... But, there we go. That, that's it. But that transition. So this is what you used to be. But 
Go ahead, Sister Charlene. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Mm. You want me to go on? No, no, stop right there. Okay. When the kindness of love and the love of God appeared. I don't want to point back to chapter two, verse, starting at verse 11. We talked about grace. I mean, yeah, grace being our teacher. The grace that brings salvation has appeared to all people. So again, here, when the kindness and love of God appeared, and when we talked about grace, we we're talking about Christ. When the kindness and love of God appeared, what happened? Paul expounds upon what happens when the grace of God appeared in the person of Jesus Christ. When grace showed up, when the kindness and the love of God showed up, there's good news there. What happened? He saved us. He saved us. Yes, he saved us. Not because of righteousness. Who said that? Deacon Farrell, was that your voice? Yes. Not because of righteousness or righteous things that we had done. Mm -hmm. But what? Grace and mercy. It's mercy. Yes. Mercy. I have my, my, my what Christ has done. Just because of what Christ has done. So all throughout it's consistent throughout all Paul's letters. Whenever we talk about God's grace, it's not anything that we have done to deserve it, but it's it's initiated by the love of God, yes. the mercy of God, mm -hmm. the kindness of God. The again, the creator of the universe poured all this out upon us in his son Jesus Christ to an undeserving, what I said before, we were dirty, rotten scoundrels. Amen. Amen. But Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he saved us yes. Amen. because of his mercy. Can Amen. somebody find Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6? <clears throat> and when you find it, can you read Isaiah 64, 6? All of, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Mm -hmm. We are shriveled up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins swept us away. Did, did y'all hear that? Yeah. All of our righteousness all is right. as Filthy rags. rags. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that we can do to deserve it. And, you know, the the translation of that word itself, it's kind of a... Uh, so we're all adults here. So it's one translation of that is as menstrual rags. It's something to be cast aside so that's what he says. That's what our righteousness is all about. But God that applied God. the blood of his son to our lives. Amen. And so when he saved us, and so now what's, when we say that God saved us, what do we mean by that? This is one-on-one stuff. What does it mean that he saved us? And some of it is going to come up in verse five. But he took on my sin debt. Okay. He had mercy on us. Okay. So now you're, we are talking to, uh, you know, a friend, colleague, coworker, and you know they know the life that you lived and not lived, but live and. 
you've shared. What? How do you explain? And they, they asked, what, what does it mean to be saved? Saved from that? the wrath of God. Is that, is that your opening line? <laughs> no, you all you laugh, but I'm serious. Yeah, is, is that is that our opening line? You you are saved from the it's true. Saved from the destruction of this world. Okay. Um, so that we may have a, a, a right to the book of life and, and our name written in the Lamb's book of life and, and, and enjoy the promises of God that He gave us about having. Uh, a mansion in heaven for us. I was, okay, so I was before, before you jump in, let me just say this. Lamb's Book of Life, good biblical term. Uh, mansion in heaven, good biblical term. What is it? And wrath of God? True. All of that's true. How do we convey that in a way that's faithful to the text? Because we're, we're what we call, we speak Christianese. Mm -hmm. um, so how do we convey that to a friend, a colleague? Because honestly, if, if you know, if, somebody, if, if our opening line is, mm -hmm. you're saved from the wrath of God, already people think God is an ogre. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so how do we uh, talk about the death, burial, resurrection of Christ and his saving power, his mercy, everything that we rejoice about to someone that doesn't know the Lord and they want to know, saved, what's that? What's that mean? Rebirth. A relationship, a true relationship with God. There, okay, okay, all right, all right. All right. A relationship with God. Okay. That Jesus. has transforming power, um, renews your your spirit, makes you not want to do things that you've done before once you know the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it is he in, in us that keeps us from doing the things that we once did or wanting to do those things. Okay. So transforming time. relationship. Yeah. And love. You know, love. Jesus, loved, yes. Jesus loved us so much yes. that he died on the cross for our sins. Yes. And because he loved us so much, um, you know, we're saved by his grace. Mm -hmm. And you tell your testimony. We all have a testimony. That's I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> go on, go on, girl. You got a testimony. <laughs> That's how I, I know I do. Yes, I know I've got one too. Walk in Christ. That's good. That's good. It's to and, be led by lead by example. Okay. You know, if we're gonna be Christians, we gotta just and live and walk the way that the Scripture has laid out for us. And that example should be to the world, you know, as to uh, to try to win more soldiers to Christ. And that testimony part is very important because the reality, you know, the real life that you live, you know, they need to know how that change came about and why. Yep. Amen. And the reason why I just I wanted to pause there because the scripture just says always be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. And so, as uh, Sister Charlene rightly pointed out, we all have a testimony. Amen. But that testimony Amen. also should be rooted in the truth of the gospel. So, how do we talk about the love of God? How do we talk about the transforming power, what I usually to say is life change mm -hmm. that Jesus brings. And then how does, and, and from our own example, and this is how the Lord, this is what God has done for me. Um, so it is personal, but we cannot leave out, leave out the truth of the gospel because on the day, 
day of Pentecost, what they preached was the life transforming power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He's the life giver. So we talk about the only way you can have a relationship with God is through who? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Right. It's because he loved us so much. And we'll get to this on next week. We'll pick up at verse five because uh, uh, Deacon Farrell started hinting at it because I'll, I'll just read. He saved us. How? And we'll talk about that more on next week through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And what a great segue because Pentecost is coming on Sunday by renewal by the Holy Spirit or the life transforming power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So we'll finish up chapter three on next week. Live as responsible citizens. And how do we live out our faith as responsible citizens and conducting ourselves and, and know that this is how we used to be, but this is what God wants us to be. There was a trans transition that God had worked in our lives. And so we'll, fi we'll finalize next week, chapter three um, in the letter to Titus. Amen. 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 And amen. Uh, praise God for the lively discussion. Um, I know that sometimes it's, it's a, a challenge for us, but I really want us to, as we read his word, we don't isolate it out from who we are as believers and in our context as citizens. How do we live it out? And how do we have an impact for the glory of God in our society? Amen? Amen. 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 Well, let's get ready to close and prayer and uh, a couple of times I've heard the uh, lovely voice of Deacon Brown. So I'm gonna ask you Deacon Brown to close us in prayer after uh, people have shared their prayer concerns. And so uh, do we want, do, does anybody have any prayer concerns or praise reports we wanna uh, lift up tonight that we can bring before the Lord? It was a blessing for me to see Brother Everett Christmas on tonight um he's a fellow oh yeah look look at that i Irish. see that <laughs> i see that yes indeed and uh, a blessing to have traveling mercies fulfilled for my family amen and don't forget to pray for deacon spalding and her family amen yes amen, amen. This is Betty Yancey. I ask for continued prayer for my nephew as he goes back to Houston, Texas for additional treatment. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Just continue to pray for me. I, I do have a praise report. Um, my hematologist, my blood doctor, he said that uh, the RNS shot that he has given me is working very well. Awesome. Uh, he wants yes. to continue the rest of the year. Lord. Just continue to pray for the other health issues that I, I seem I'm having. But, but that Amen. particular, I had to give a praise report for that. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, Deacon Brown, it's on you. Let us pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you, first and foremost, for saving our souls, yes, for Lord. picking us up and turning us around and yes, planting our feet on solid ground. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we have not always been what we are today, yeah. but thank God we are mm. not what we used to be. Thank you, and we pray, Lord, that you would continue to mold us and fill us and inspire us to give our testimonies as Sister oh. Charlene said we all have them and give us the opportunities to share them with someone who In the name of doesn't Jesus. know you Lord Jesus and turn their lives around 
so that they'll want to be more like you to your glory, to your oh. honor. We thank you, Lord, for those who are on this call tonight. This lesson has been wonderfully inspiring. And yes. we pray, Lord, that you would help us to hide these words in our hearts and that we might not Jesus. sin against you. Yeah. We thank you, Lord, for prayer requests that have gone up. You knew them before they were asked. But Lord Jesus, you have invited us to ask and it will be given. And we have done just that, Lord. I pray that you will hear our cry, Lord, and answer by and by. Thank you, Lord, for your um, grace and for your mercy. Lord, we love you. We love each other. And we love each other as we love you in obedience to your word. We thank you, Lord, for the praise reports. We thank you for your grace again your healing power. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us as far as we have come and promising to take us even further if we stay in your word. Thank you for traveling mercies over this holiday season. We thank you for those who are still traveling or yet to travel, Lord, and we ask for traveling mercies on their behalf. Thank you for Pastor and for First Lady and for their family, we ask, Lord, that you bless them, continue to lead them so that as they follow you, we can follow them. Yes. We thank you, Lord, for every good and perfect gift because we know it comes from you. Yes. And thank you, Lord, for as we go, you go yes. with us yes. and we go with you. Bless and keep us in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, God bless everyone. Bless Have you. a good, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Love y'all. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mr. Christmas. Yes, good night, Mr. Christmas. Good to see you. Pastor. Sir. How about them Yankees, man? <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh, wait, 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 wait. How about them Celtics? Celtics. <laughs> I, 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 I should have worn my green, my Kelly green shirt tonight. <laughs> they did pull one out of the hand. I you. was blessed tonight. All right, you too. I'm going to tell you what happened over the weekend. What's that? My brother's 86 years old. He won the longest drive trophy at the golf tournament. On oh, this wow. Last weekend. All right. And Good. my granddaughter hit the winning run for the championship game in Georgia for her All team. All right. Yeah. Amen. Good, good sports weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I told him it's good at any age to hit the longest drive. <laughs> He's 86. <laughs> That's a blessing. Well, good night, everyone. Be blessed.